Welcome to the It's Possible podcast, where we tackle topics between life, business, and everything in between, and how we make it all possible with your hosts, John and Amy. Let's take it away. I'm like, no, I'm going to play. Thank you so much. Because I was in, what was 03? Have you hit play? God, oh, yeah. This story is awesome. It's not a good story. It's a great story. It's a stupid story. It is not. Because it's, it, it's in line with the idea. So things that we've been talking about, or like literally just this morning, some of the stories we're sharing is like, as you start coming of age, of like, as you're a little kid, you just do whatever the fuck your parents tell you all the time. And, and then you become a shit eater. Which is my pet name for teenagers. Or for you, ages 8 to 12. Well, it's usually when they turn 8. And they start, you start becoming a shit eater, but it means that you're becoming now more opinionated and you're trying to like formulate your own opinions. And so you, and then you start to share them. But then there is like this switch that gets flipped as you get closer into, <clears throat> I would say as you get into high school, like usually it's like that ju- sophomore, junior year. Where it's like you're now getting a lot more confident in whatever you think is true. Mm-hmm. And you are not afraid to tell people like to go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. So? So Nana. Nana died in 03. Yeah. So I had... In high school, we... I had... Uh, we were a trio... We were the first three chairs in band, and for the clarinet, for the clarinet, okay. And our um, teacher, there was like some gig for like the Kiwanis Club or like the Red, you know what the Red Hat Society is for ladies. Um, that's the oh yeah, like they all wear like the big red hats. Red hats. There was some sort of like ladies luncheon for old people. Okay. That was going to be at the Clancy's restaurant, which is like the fancier one in Portage, Indiana. I don't even know if it's still there. But um is this a is this like a fancy buffet? Or is it like an actual like fancy restaurant? I think it was it's like fancy in quotes. Like it's <laughs> okay. fancy for Portage cuz usually like where I was from cuz you yelled at me about this when we first met cuz for me steak was steak was steak. Like there weren't any special cuts. It was just like and being from the Midwest is you'd have beef with most meals. Sure. So it was like, I'd get steak and eggs at like the truck stop diner. Yeah, you were trying to convince me that Waffle House steaks are the same as Ruth's Chris steaks. I feel like that conversation has been exacerbated, but I don't recall this conversation. For sure you did this. But for you, it's, first of all, you did not grow up in reality. We've covered this a million times. So your elaborate $200 a plate I'm not dinners. saying that it should be $200. I'm not saying that like it's, it is rational in any way and should like a porterhouse steak be as much as it is for them just to like heat up a plate and put some butter on it and have somebody have cooked the steak. But it's so good. Well, yeah, we can do that at home. But I that's why when I first met you, I'm like, holy shit, hold the phone. No, we will have separate bills because on our first date yes, with your – Freaking ahi tuna appetite. The bill was $65. My cut of that was $5.99. We had never spent more than $60 to go to dinner as a family of four growing up. 
ever. I can order and eat $65 worth of food anywhere. And, well, the only way can that now. I can't do it is by when you, ordering off the dollar menu. I got real sick one time. I ordered like $30 worth of items from McDonald's. It's not a good decision. Yeah. When you were in Utah and I was sobbing and I <laughs> okay. needed okay, I needed food support. Yeah. And I took the kids to drive through. Oh, it yeah. was $65 legit for me and Michael to get a value meal <clears throat> and value for Jack. Meal. When is, isn't that what they're called? Or is that is that an old terminology? Val, I think value meal's got to be old school. That's like 1995 McDonald's commercial. The Come value, get a value meal. That's what I call them. Correct. Is it I know that's what you call them. I don't think that's what they're called anymore. Okay. I don't know. Well, like, do? That's what we got. I love it. Is Michael and I got like a number one Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah. And then Jack and Henry... I was in a mode, so I let them do this because we normally don't let them do this. But it's like they wanted Frosties from Wendy's, which I forgot to order. Oh, you, so you we let them went to a bunch of different restaurants. Yeah, so mm. like we went to Wendy's and I got them two Wendy's Happy Meals, so two Chick Fil A meals, two Wendy's Happy Meals, and I forgot the Frosties. So then we drove to Cookout and I got three milkshakes. Boom. It was legit sixty five bucks. It yeah. was like twenty eight dollars for me and Michael just to get. The not value. What are we calling them? Number one meals, like Com- combos, combo yeah. meals. Excuse me. Yeah. Like whatever. What? Like I was. I'm like this is why we can't have nice things. It was so expensive. Anyway. Anyway. So, coming back to the story, steak, Midwest, cheap food. Yeah, I'm not sure. The story was supposed to be about how your aunt was trying to be shitty to you at the yeah, funeral, Nana. Nana died in 03. Yeah, and so she was your aunt was trying to control what oh, was going to happen. The gig. At the I got it now. I'm yeah. back. Okay, Woo. so the gig. We played our trio played a gig at this Red this, Hat Society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we played for like 30 minutes and they paid us 75 bucks, Boom. which for us Yeah, man, that's big time. Cuz we were 15, we're like that is $50 an hour. Yeah, man. Like, we might as well be surgeons. This is amazing. <laughs> we might as well be surgeons. But the old ladies liked us so much that we had a recurring gig there. Like, they hired us to come. I love it. Yes. I forget what we called ourselves. We had a name, but I can't remember. But anyway, we were like a trio for hire. So we played at a couple different places. And then when Nana died... um. I we were we I said well, we'll play at the funeral, and my aunt told me no, and I told her to fuck off, and that was the end of the story. And we played at Nana's funeral. Yeah. The the end of the story. But, the, but those are big turning points. You know what I mean? Those are big turning points where you're like, no, you're an adult, and I don't fucking care what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's you actually it's the realization that they actually hold no power over you. Yeah, man. That's what it is. Because like when it comes to like your boss, they hold power over you because they pay you. But any adult that just tries to tell you what to do, there comes a point in teenagehood, which is just like, "Mm, I'm just going to do it because you can't actually do anything. It's what every kid nowadays preteen is realizing in schools. It's like, no, I will just do whatever I want. Yeah. Because there's no actual repercussion. What are you, you going to do? 
Yeah. Now, granted, their ability to understand yeah. Oh, yeah. the detrimental First cycle scene. in which they are on is very limited, but it's, I'm just not going to go to class. What are you going to do? You can't physically put your hands on me. Right. And my parents don't care. And my parents don't give a shit. Yeah. So what? I'll just continue to stand here and roam the halls. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Yeah, what's interesting is like that. It's you, what's interesting about that is that forever it's just been like, no, you must do what we say. Well, and and we 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 embed that in children. We've done it with our kids, which is just like you have to listen to the adults. For sure, you have to listen. But that's just honestly the definitely the angle that I'm trying to take with the kids is is you need to listen to the adults because this is how you play the game. Well, we've lately we have had that conversation with Michael quite a bit where it's just like, (sighs) I'm not going to say the name, but it was like dress is your teacher for one of the spirit days. It's like dress as a teacher or ugly sweater day because they're the same. And Michael's like, I'm going to dress as a teacher. And I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to wear a trash bag and I'm going to go as. I'm going to go as garbage. I'm going to go as this teacher. Garbage. Right. We're like, we understand the, the relationship. Thank you so much for yeah. clarifying that. <laughs> get it? Because he's trash. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we, we got get, it, Mike. Thank it. you. And then for Christmas gifts is, I don't know how middle school, because there were parents talking about it. It's like, well, what do you do for middle school? Do you just like let the kids? like, well, I just let my kid pick like his favorite teachers and then they get something. And so I we were trying to talk to Michael. I'm like, this is what's called playing politics. Because yeah. he's like, do I have to? I don't want to give something to this person because yeah. I don't like them. Yeah. Like they're dick. Yeah. And we've had those conversations a lot of that this is playing politics. Even the dress up is Michael is for sure making that transition. He doesn't have it nearly as bad as we did um, of what people think of him. Yeah, he does. He does and he doesn't. He doesn't like being perceived as a bad kid. Quote unquote, like that label of being like a naughty boy, he doesn't like. But as far as like. No, he does not. Because he's getting made fun of at school. For what? That was. Nice. My stomach. Yeah, that was (laughs) impressive. Could you hear? Yeah. I've Um, had to listen to some of our episodes lately. Yes. And there have been sound. First of all, I just did it. Right then. There have been sounds. I didn't finish the word sound. It's driving me nuts because I don't finish my thought. Because I'm trying to explain to you what's happening. And you tell me all the time that I don't use nouns. Yeah, it infuriates me. Yes. <laughs> and I realized, like, I've wanted to punch myself in the face when I've had to listen to myself on the podcast. Because it's just like, finish your freaking thought because I'm all over the place. So I'm going to try to work on that. It's really good. Do you know one of the things that's really helped me of listening to the podcast and us doing the podcast now for two years? Mm-hmm. I interrupt you less. And you may not feel that. Well, usually I feel if people are interrupting me. It's like my. It's your pet peeve. My ultimate pet peeve is being interrupted. Totally. But because when you talk over someone in a podcast format, it just is just loud awful noise for the end user that's listening Mm -hmm. because you're in their brain Mm -hmm. you know what i mean or you're coming through speakers in like a non-stereo format so it doesn't it doesn't like we don't separate like your voice isn't in the right speaker and my voice isn't in the left speaker we're smushed together so we're right there so when you start interrupting or talking over somebody it's awful it's terrible 
So the one thing that's been helpful of doing podcasts and us working together is definitely is I'm an interrupter. Yes. And it has helped stop me from interrupting because I know you kind of have to let someone finish their thought. One Mississippi. Well, it's a little bit like public speaking, which is like you have to consciously slow down and articulate your words. Yeah, you, now you can you can talk fast and you can be super energetic and you can go really fast when you're talking on the in the microphone, but you just don't want to talk over someone. Well, there's some things I I don't want to listen to myself anymore because it makes me feel worse about myself. Apparently, I have a lisp. Number two, I make a lot of like <sighs> sounds, like breathing sounds. Okay. So I just like in my brain, I'm like, oh, I'm one of those like weird obby people that like. <sighs> No. Like breathe heavy next to you and with a list. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, no. We always it's there is there's something, and I don't know what it is, but it's like universally hating hearing ourselves. Everybody does, and I understand that, but yeah. I, mine is I'm like, oh I'm a Finish the thought. I'm awful. There you go. Yeah. No, it's good. No, so there's improvement because it's for you. Now you are conscious of I need to finish the before I move over to the because (laughs) nouns are important. Yes. (laughs) And so so that's why I was sharing. So you're not alone is that I the benefit of listening has definitely helped me from so I'm not interrupting all the time. I let somebody fully finish their thought. I listen to what they say. I'm not just waiting my turn to talk. It's a useful skill. 100%. Thank you. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm not anti. And finishing. Because, well, because it's you are a fixer. So this is what drives me nuts. And you have learned as we've been married when it's time to help me and when it's time to listen to me. Because you are a fixer, you already have in your head what you think the right answer is. And then it's somehow going to be like a revelation of knowledge to me. Mm-hmm. So you don't actually always listen to the words that I'm saying or how I'm feeling about it or just letting me get it off my chest. Right. You have a desire where it's just like, well, no, you need to do this or we need to do this or we need to do this. And it's just you are not listening to the things I'm saying. No. Because, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is. It's, it's one of those things that definitely I've worked on in just in the last month and a half, like getting more comfortable of how I can take that need or that desire, that particular um itch to be the first one to say thing. You are like the kid in class that's like, oh, me, 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 please pick me, 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 me. That's no. you. Yes, it is. No, 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 no. Yes, it is. For sure it's not. You don't have the need for the attention, mm-hmm. but you do have the need to say something about it. You can't just let someone speak. You have to retort always. No. I fully disagree. And the reason why I disagree with your disagreeing is that when someone is talking to me, they're now taking my time. So by taking my time. Very narcissistic approach. I'm sorry. Were we not sharing? You can continue to share. So when someone's speaking to me, they're taking my time. So because of that take. I have an overwhelming desire to then just be able to then give. So it's you are taking my time. So I'm going to give you my attention and my energy. And because my – the way that I connect with someone is I listen to what they, the issue is or I listen to what they're saying to me. And then 
my support is, oh, I'm hearing you. This sounds like you have a problem right now. This is what I would recommend because you're talking to me for a reason. So it's not because it's like, oh, 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 listen to me. Literally, when I listen to someone, it is I'm waiting for them to stop talking. I know. And that's where for me, it's now understanding better that when you are talking to me, you are just trying to empty your purse. You're just trying to get something off of your chest. And the way that I can support you the most that then allows me to then be able to exercise the part of my personality, which definitely is Mr. Fix it. fixing. But that's because I want to connect with the person I'm speaking to. So I want to be able to there's there's parts of my personality that are I want to be able to connect. And my form of connection is by fixing. Mm-hmm. And because it's. I would like to help you through whatever the problem is that you're having. It can come across as disingenuous or come across as I don't need your help. Well, it comes across as condescending. And that's not what it's it's, meant. No, I understand that. And that's why I don't always get mad at you. And that's why when I have the ability to have these conversations without it raising to the next level, because I know what you, you are trying to help me. Right. You are not trying to be condescending. You are not trying to say, like, listen, I've had to sit here and listen to your dumbass, so I need to now get something off my chest about how I feel about your situation so that you can go on your merry way. And That's, see, go ahead. no, yeah, it's so the solution, because I'm not, I can't stop the feeling of needing to be able to fix something. And you can't stop. Be careful. From complaining. I beg your pardon. Of whatever it is that you're saying, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're talking to someone just to complain about or share what is on your mind without actually seeking a solution. It's called being, I don't know, human and having feeling and sharing with your spouse. But apparently that's not allowed. <laughs> I'm sh- I thought this was a safe place. I thought we were sharing our feelings. No, I get that. And so because that is definitely where it's like you come from a place of emotion. It's like this is – I feel this and I have to get it out or I'm going to explode. Mm -hmm. And so that allows us then to work together. For for me, it is now I hear you and I see you and it totally makes sense that you feel this way because of this and this and this and this and this because that now – scratches the itch for me which is well you should do this and this and this and this and this because that's where i want to list and i want to fix it i just want to list the things are that you have Mm -hmm. and now that allows me to be like no i hear you is that it's of course you feel like shit because this has happened and it totally makes sense that this happens to you and then this happened and totally that person was a total cunt about this and then you can list those things and now it allows me to be able to support you correctly Yes. And then be able to help me. But that's just been like the last 30 days since we came back from Utah because we got ex- I got exposed to somebody that like all of a sudden was like, no, these are the different types of things that like make all of us up of like how you come across as like an authority or how you come across when it comes to like compassion or emotion and those types of things. And I'm like, oh, shit. I haven't noticed a vast change in 30 days. And I don't mean that for you. negatively. No, that's fine. <laughs> no, I, I feel like you've always been pretty good at it. I feel like it. you've learned it over the years. I guarantee. Well, 
for sure, I have been making a conscious effort to not just be waiting to just tell you how to fix the thing. Because what I did for a while was, Amy, you just need to tell me, do you need my help or do you just need me to listen to you right now? And that was my, like, solution that I came up with of how I could avoid conflict. Where it's like, you're being extra whiny right now, so I really want to fix what you're whining about. <laughs> but if, if this isn't one of those moments that you require assistance, am I just supposed to listen to you? Yes. And this is where you have understood where I'm coming from because I'm not trying to be a dick. And that's where it's like, oh, that's impossible to not come across as a dick because did you hear the words that just came out of your face? And it's like, hmm. So that's where for me, it's like that's the improvement. And for sure, that's not the attitude that I'm taking now because now I can just come from a perspective of, oh, I can still fix this. By just supporting, by listing the things and acknowledging what you're feeling and being like this and this and this and this. And I for sure have done that a number of times where you have just shared like whether you're frustrated or you're not feeling well or this or that or this. And I'm Why not is it like, always negative feelings? There are good things I share too. No, for sure. No, and, and that's fair. That is rude that's fair to where it's like i am very excited about this and it's like well heck yeah because and then i'm able to list 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 and list but it's less it's less extreme because you really have you don't need to fix something that's positive so it's easy practice for me on my side of connecting emotionally with someone with you by when you have something that's positive, that's easy practice for me to say they are emotionally feeling this. I can connect with you by listing the reasons why how you're feeling totally makes sense. Thanks, McCall. Yeah. It's called charisma hacking. But anyway. Yeah, no. So it is. It's, it's incredibly valuable. And that's where for me... It is, and the reason why these things, and this is good because this will tie us back to one of the things we were talking about earlier, is the reason why things can get kind of like fucked up in your head is that people throughout your whole life tell you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't say this. You shouldn't come across as this way. You should be more, you should be more assertive. You shouldn't be so bitchy. Like for sure, you shared on one of our recent episodes of the idea of like when you were growing up, it's like you're a you're really cunty or you're really bitchy because you think you're better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. So then in the back of your mind, what you do is you start having these stories that just go and say like, oh, well, like I can't like I, I, this is how I would normally act, but I can't do this because people have told me like it's I come across as abrasive or I come across as bitchy or I come across as condescending or all of these things. So you end up like creating these false faces of like who you are and it just totally fucks with how you communicate with other people, how you see yourself, like all of these negative pieces. Yes, but it's a good thing. Like you have to learn to play. That That's ultimately what this comes back to. You have to learn to play game. Poor people with Asperger's that literally like sure. chemically don't have that filter or understand the implications. It's more problematic. But the fact is, is that you're not as good and not you. But like people in general, you're not as good at pretending 
as we think we are. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, good for you. It's like, mm. and that's. I feel like I pretend well, but apparently I don't. No, no way. Like you, for sure. You're like, you're like, no. Like I took everything in me to pretend that, like, when so and so said this, especially when it comes to family members, like it's like it took everything in me to not like let them know how I felt. I'm like, you did a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone in that room thinks that you hate them. Well, and it, and for you, it's valid because you're like, well, if I didn't try, <laughs> does anyone fully comprehend exactly how that would have looked and felt? <laughs> because that was me trying my damnedest, and it's like, <laughs> which I get as well. But definitely, it's just like, oh no, no, no. It's like I, I, I felt it, and this is where you feel like. Definitely when someone's disingenuous because they're like pretending to give a shit about what you're talking about. And watching my dad interact with people when we when I was a kid. I was, say, I was just gonna say your dad is the ultimate example of this. Because my dad does not, does not really give a shit about anyone or anything. Like it at all we've gone down like it it, yeah. it is much more and, um and so it was hilarious in your face than you realize yeah definitely ahead. and it was hilarious when i was a kid are you all right i just want to make sure you weren't stroking out just then what you do, did one of these things <laughs> like, was like uh-oh. she's going down um when i was a kid when i was a kid we'd be at church and people would be like Oh, like, Brother Fairbanks, are you coming to, like, the Linger Longer event after church today? Where, like, they've come because people make a bunch of shitty casserole and you come and eat it after Listen, church there is out. no shitty casserole. Mormons, they know how to make a casserole. I'm just, they're real good at it. They're waistline, they had the, like, that's the, the joke when we were watching because my friend was on The Biggest Loser. Oh, yeah. And in her season... A ridiculous percentage of yeah, it was like sixty percent, sixty percent of the people that were on the show were or like LDS. Yeah. yeah, well, if you don't have a vice, you can't drink. Well, that's what we determined. It's just yeah, you, they don't drink alcohol, they don't drink coffee. Yeah, they don't have extramarital or premarital sex. Like, there's no, no vice, drugs. no yeah. drugs, no nothing. So it's just oh well, I guess we'll just eat. Food. Yeah, food. <clears throat> um, oh, you're gonna come to the thing and you just be like, absolutely not. I hate those things. They're the worst. <laughs> and I'm not coming. And the reason why I'm not coming is because you're going to be there. And that's exactly how he would say it. But he would say it with a smile and be sarcastic. But he was being honest. Mm-hmm. But people were like, oh, you joker. You're so silly. And it was like I watched him do this my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, they don't realize <laughs> They, they don't realize that he's dead serious. He's not coming. Mm-hmm. And it is because not that person, but people will be there. And that's why he will not be attending. So definitely like manipulates that thing. But becoming so come full circle is definitely this concept of when you're a kid, you are practicing these different faces. You're practicing who you are, what you do. And um, who you're going to be. 
And there definitely is a point where you're like, you start to get more firm of like, no, like this is what I am, or this is who I am, or I'm going to try this and go like all out on being like, this is how I'm going to come across and owning it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's awesome. But I don't like going back to Michael and you, obviously you said you disagree, but it's compared to where I was when I was 11 now, granted, I was an ogre, right? You call me the 40-year-old librarian. For but sure. When you were like 10 or 11, your mother did you no favors. Well. Zero favors. Zero. Zero. <laughs> she let me I've seen this. Because <laughs> that's what I have come to realize is the she way that I dress. express how I feel. The no. way that I dressed was likely how I would dress today if it was allowed to be in public. I realized that I prefer my pants up to my boobs. Okay. Like the low-rise jeans when I worked at American Eagle when that was in fashion was the literal worst. Yeah. I hated it. Mm -hmm. But I had to wear them. But like, no, I just prefer baggy sweatpants up to my boobs and like a Christmas turtleneck. <laughs> like the, Amy, like you, we we don't do the video, and so Amy, like as she said that, she like smiled and then like lifted her shoulders up, like, "Yep, that's me. It that's is. who I am." No, Mike is but dealing with is the thing that sucks the most about middle school, which is kids rip and make fun of kids who either look different or act different or whatever and for sure he's dealing with that so that's where what his, is he dealing with specifically i guarantee kids are making fun of him they're making fun of him for his backpack they're making fun of him for being fat they're for sure i've heard a little bit of these things but i don't think it was trust me He's not talking to the, us about this, but I can see it. Like his actions, his only concern with him dressing up 80s was that kids were going to rip him apart at school. Like he, right, but he here's said the, but that this is loud. why I'm saying why, why it's different. I think that those emotions are valid, and I think that they were the same emotions that we had when we were that age. The difference is, is that he still did it. No, for sure. We didn't force him. We're no, not no, like, no. you have to do this. Well, it definitely is thus framing it. But Well, that's what we said. It's like, yeah. dude, this is part of the plane of politics. It's sure. like the student council put on Spirit Week. You're in student council. You want to be more, have more of a role in student council. Yeah. And you go as the 80s to appeal. Like, there was a strategy behind the entire thing, which is just your teachers are going to love it because this was their... This was their MO. This is yeah. when they were in school. So it was I go ahead. No. There there you go. You have no, go it ahead. in your head. Interrupting. You just weren't gonna finish it because it finished with a noun and you lost it. <laughs> and you saw me open my mouth and you're like, oh good, he can save me. <laughs> no. Is we're teaching him the idea that it's which perhaps it's it's not the right way to be all the time, but we're teaching him the idea that you play the game mm -hmm. because that is what makes a society work. Mm -hmm. Like it's the ultimate like survivor episode like, sure. of like forming alliances and groups and we're a team and we're against them and we do this and we act like that. Like that's what society is. Unfortunately, I think that their generation has a more realistic approach and more human approach to be who you want to be. 
you can see that he's starting to enter into this world of who am I and what group do I belong to? Mm-hmm. He hasn't started painting his fingernails black and wearing my mascara yet. Right. So we haven't entered goth phase. But I don't see the same clicks, the same defined groups anymore that I did or that was broadcast the way it was when I was a child or sure. in movies, which is like, you know, you have the, mean the girls. nerds, yeah, the yeah, mean yeah. girls, mm-hmm. the jocks, the band geeks, the goths. Like there was no goths twice. Yep. Yeah, there was no definitive roles. It's just their generation seems to be more okay with just be who you are, all-encompassing. Maybe. They do it to an obnoxious level of raising their hand, which is just, I am a non-binary. I'm a cisgendered male. Yes. With homosexual tendencies. Yes. It's, it's like, that's what I envision is like, roll call. Like, okay, Adam. And it's like, actually, I go by... Z. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's also early and it's middle school and we're not there. So definitely it's... it's That's very true. Yeah, it's, it is... The one thing that I have enjoyed so far, though, is that it is whether right or wrong, we'll find out, of like how he ends up. But it's the advice that I got at this age. My dad was just like... He didn't say these words, but essentially it's just like, fuck him. Like, screw everybody. Yeah. Stop. Don't care what they think. Just be who you want to be. And that's coming from an angle of, like, it's it's a very forceful, angry angle. And the difference for Mike, and definitely the advice that we've had the opportunity to be able to give him, has been the same advice, but just from a different perspective of you learn to play the game because mm-hmm. my dad thing was just like, well, you know, this is stupid and this is dumb. And like, this is dumb. like his, it just was a very negative approach. anti approach that that's what I was fed to. So definitely like the goth thing was very appealing. Cause it's kind of like, fuck the man. Happiness is gay. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it just is like that kind of stuff. Happiness <laughs> right. <is gay. laughs> Which I mean, literally. So it is, Opposed to like play the game. And so for me, it was always like I took myself way too seriously. And that comes across as condescending and pretentious. And the fact was, is that I had a less fun time, a less enjoyable time when I was a kid because everything was fucking serious. Relationships had to be serious and this had to be serious and all these things had to be fucking serious all the time. And it was super lame. You can be like, it doesn't have to change the type, the way that I talk and the way that I come across, but like the ability to be like, no, like this is all for fun. Like you're allowed to have fun. And that has been the thing that we were driving home with Mike, where it was like, own it. Yeah, just own your just ridiculous eighties outfit, and that's it. Because the more that I'm learning, and the more that I hear people that going that go through the same things, it's just like it's just be unapologetically you and have fun while doing it. Because people have such so much harder of a time giving you shit or being mean to you if you come across as just genuinely not trying to be something that you're not and i feel like this may be this may be inaccurate 
But I feel like having sons, they'll have more of that. Because what we're essentially telling him is like, just have confidence. Because we didn't have it. And the dudes that have the most fun, like you were saying in your high school, is just this dude that he wasn't the smartest. He wasn't the most athletic. He was just, he was voted like class president because he just knew how to have a good time. He had the confidence enough to show up to Spirit Week in the most ridiculous outfits and enjoyed it. Yeah, he was like all smiles. So he's just, just I'm was, all in. And he was everybody's friend. Like, he was super nice. Yes. You never heard him being like, hey, so, like, right. he just never was being and, a dick to other people. Right. And what that is, is his confidence and self-esteem, which right. lacks in, in every teenager. And, sure. But I feel like having boys, I hope that he has a better time of it. Boys are usually a lot more in your face because they're idiots about their insults. So it's just... We're going to tell you to your face that you're fat. Right. Whereas girls are much more manipulative and sure. backhanded and like mentally taxing. Right. But that that confidence and that self-esteem, I hope that having boys, they can build that a lot easier. Sure. Because, again, this this may be inaccurate. But knowing, you know, me being a girl and growing up, it was that if you had too much confidence, you were a bitch. Yeah. Or you were aggressive. Mm -hmm. So you weren't allowed to be like that. But if you were too soft, you were a pussy. And then you were just mentally weak. So it was like this this weird balance that you had to play in finding yourself Mm -hmm. and what confidence meant. Like for girls, it was very physically driven. That you need to look this way. Yeah, aesthetically driven. Yes. Yeah. For men, it's it, very physically driven in the non-aesthetics, right? Yes. And it's like how you carry yourself. But that was for me where it was like, no, you need to have your chest up high. And you need to like look somebody in the eye. You need to speak to them directly. And like that was what was exuded as like that's what it means to be confident. To where, yes, those things are true. But there's another piece of that where it's being okay with acting that way yeah but being okay with just like going all in and that's what people like people enjoy people that are just all in on a thing and being unapologetically all in and that's what becomes infectious to where it's even if you feel uncomfortable or it's not your scene or all these different things it just is like well i'm not going to try and change who i am to be able to fit the situation i'm in i'll just be me and if i'm like painfully out of place it will attract people to me because it's going to be like Russell Brunson told a great story so this is the leader of ClickFunnels and he's a, a marketer and like master storyteller and on his podcast most recently he was telling a story about how he was at this big event and everybody's at the bar and Russell is Mormon so no drinking, no partying, no nothing. But everybody that he wanted to network with was at the bar, and he had never been to a bar before. And he's also painfully shy and Super introverted. introverted. So a terrible mix for networking literally my and going to a bar full of people. So he's never been to a bar before, and he goes to the bar. And at the bar, he's like, well, everybody's got a drink in their hand, so I need to get a drink in my hand. And so he asked the bartender, right, again, like it's if if you're not going to drink alcohol, but you need to look the part and kind of go in there, what are you going to order from the bartender? Think about it's it. A seltzer water. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what my friend always said is I'll have a Pellegrino. Yeah. So a seltzer water. With like a twist of, of 
lime or lemon or olive so it looks bubbly and exactly or a sprite or something yeah. right he orders he goes could i get a glass of milk and the bartender's like what <laughs> he's like well I'm, I'm i'm mormon and i don't drink but it's like you know i, I want to be able to do the thing and whatever and and the guy's like uh yeah i can get you a glass of milk so russell has a glass of milk in his hand not talking to anyone just standing with the milk in his hand and somebody comes up and goes are you drinking milk and just like that he immediately starts forming relationships because people are like what the fuck is that dude doing over there drinking a glass of milk can i say something oh yeah oh no we don't no, sorry yeah. yeah is so this is what i experience a lot when we are with people is the amount of social pressure like it drives me crazy that adults have not matured beyond high school in high school there's an expectation that you're young and you're stupid and you're going to succumb to peer pressure sure there are a ridiculous amount of adults that i know that are just normal functioning human beings yeah but then when they are around other people they feel this pressure to drink sure and they just flow with the mold of that yeah because it's like, well, I guess this is what we're doing. So yeah, this so is what I have to do to fit in. Social drinkers, social smokers. It drives me insane. Yeah. It drives me insane that every time we're somewhere, they like they want me, they want me to drink so bad. Well, that's please, that. please like, do you want to try this? Do you want to try this? It's like, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't want to drink. Please leave me alone. Yeah. But it's what drives me nuts about Mormon is they can't just go and to be like, Can I have a glass of milk? I don't drink. Like, that's enough. But mm -hmm. it's always like, well, I'm Mormon. So, like, because well, it's, it's this is so naughty. And it's just <laughs> like they feel the need to explain the religion. It's just like, no, I don't. Because for me, it's because it's who they are. It's like the fabric of your being as a Mormon. Like, I, it's, it's, it's hard but to it's explain. Like they feel the need to raise their hand and say it is stupid. Because for me, it's just, I, even before I found the church, it was, I don't like this. I didn't have the Mormon excuse, quote unquote. It was just, I don't like to drink. I don't like being around people that do it heavily. Right. They get loud. They get crazy. They lose her. In, they lose their inhibitions. It makes me feel uncomfortable and out of control. And I don't want to be around those circumstances. For sure. But it's... The fact is that if anyone's not drinking in a social situation where you're at a bar... So everyone is drinking. I understand the so, point. And especially if you're networking, it yeah, is – That you feel the need to fold, fall into the mold. But even if you're not drinking and you have a glass of milk in your hand, Mormon or not, people are going to be like, are you drinking milk? I'm like, well, yeah. And it's like, why? Who, your answer, whether you've been to rehab, you've been a couple years clean – you're Mormon. You, you just, just don't, don't like, like it, it. Right? You don't like it. Those are – but that's – those are going to be answers. So right now, like the examples that you have are going to be like, oh, I'm Mormon and I don't drink. And you're like, that's so stupid. Like this is like always – you just always have to say like that you're Mormon. And that's the reason why. But it's like that is the reason why. And same as somebody's like, I've been to rehab and I've been two years clean. It's like, oh, okay. That's like that's That's awesome. a legit 
excuse. To say I'm Mormon <laughs> is an excuse, and no. it's stupid because of the fact no. that it's so if you weren't Mormon, you would drink? That's stupid. You don't drink because of the principle behind it. You don't drink because you, the belief. Yes, but that's not you, like how much what, time what, do you have? What that to get into this is it? What, I need to explain this because I'm very angry about it. Okay, it, because to say I'm Mormon and I don't drink means that I just do what I'm told to do. No, but that's not. That's what it, means. What it is. I, how many freaking Mormons? would drink or that do when they leave the church they start drinking they drink coffee they drink tea mm-hmm. that even if they're not promiscuous or do dr- anything else it's like they immediately go to those things so it's like oh so the only reason you didn't do it is because the church said not to that's a stupid reason to do anything own your shit <laughs> that makes me upset i but that's not that's not it, it doesn't stop at surface level it does for a lot of them i don't think so I think for folks anyway. it is – but no, this is an important thing is that it's it, – the, it's the equivalent of being like, how, how's it going? It's, the expectation is it's going, oh, it's, it's great. How's the day? How's your day? Oh, it's, it, it's, it's going. Thanks. It's like, no, like really what I want to tell you is that like my dog died and then I'm late on my electric bill and um, my, my oh, girlfriend stopped talking. Like, it's like that's not the expectation. So when someone's like, hey – you got milk. Why are you drinking milk? Oh, I, I'm Mormon and I and I don't drink alcohol. It's gonna be like, really? I mean, ultimately the story continued where he's like, so he got to be able to connect with people where they had questions about what it meant to be a Mormon. So of he was course. able to talk about those things. But that was his comfort zone. And that was his comfort level. And ultimately what made him uncomfortable is having to go out and be proactively networking. But because of the difference of him being up unapologetically himself, people came to him. Mm-hmm. And he shared another story about another friend that he had where he's like, whenever I knew I had – who was also introverted. And he said, whenever I knew I had to go to networking events or I went to events where there were going to be opportunities to kind of like mingle, he wore something outrageously different than what everyone else was going to be wearing. Is this Steve Larson? No, no, no. I can't remember who this Larson. was. <clears throat> but – and the whole concept was it would attract people to him and then he would be able to have conversations because he wasn't comfortable starting conversations with a stranger. So it was easy where it attracted those people to him. And I think that that's the same is as an adult, you learn things and you become more comfortable because of life just shitting on you all the time. You become more comfortable of just finally being like, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to be me because I've been miserable for so long. Like there has to become a breaking point where it's just like, I have been pretending for so long and I'm freaking sick of it. Yeah. So you start to own more of who you are Mm -hmm. that for sure you don't have as a child, but ultimately the same peer pressure, the same circumstances, the same need to like fall in line Mm -hmm. are from like a biological standpoint are built into us. Definitely. But it's the same. It's the same that the same emotions of, God, I don't really want to drink tonight, but this is what everyone's doing. So I guess this is what we're doing. Or it's they're going to go to the networking event and it's, well, I guess this is what everyone's wearing. So this is why I need to wear. Like there's an mm-hmm. expectation that you were like, okay, this is what we're doing. So this is where we fall. That's the same as middle school. Totally. And because I think that that's when it really starts clicking in your brain. Of well, like, because kids oh. finally, because when kids are itty bitty, it's just, it's like, well, children don't see color. And it's like, they, they don't. It's just, you, hey, 
you're a kid, I'm a kid, let's sandbox, play. let's play. Yeah. And then by the time middle school, it's like, ew, you're fat or stupid <laughs> or ugly or weird. I don't want to be – like, they, they say it. So then those – so then the need to not be noticed mm. becomes – very apparent because just i don't know who i am or what i am but i feel like i want to curl up into a shell so we're just gonna i just don't want to be noticed by yeah. people and what's ironic about it is that especially by the time you're an adult it's when you're going to a networking event the one thing you want is to build relationships so you need to be noticed sure. it's the ultimate irony but what i was trying to explain to michael a little bit too was, you know, for people that do make fun of him, because he does. The one thing that he has articulated to me was that he does get made fun of about his backpack because he's got a rolly backpack because they refuse to freaking give, they refuse to give him lockers. So he's got his backpack literally weighs about 50 pounds and it was yeah. breaking. Yeah. And so we got him a rolly backpack, but he's been made fun of about it. So yeah. when he leaves the house, that poor little boy puts it up on his shoulders, puts it on his it. shoulders and walks to the bus to look like he has a backpack. Yeah. Because he's embarrassed of what it is because he doesn't want to be noticed. But yeah. what I what I tried to explain to him, I'm like, the people that say the shit. The people that don't dress up for Spirit Week, the people that don't do these things and have something negative to say about it, they want to be like you everybody is insecure mm. and everybody has a shit self-esteem. It's usually the ones that push it on other people and have something to say about somebody else that feel it the most. And girls are the ultimate culprit of this. Yeah. Mean, mean girls are the most insecure. They're the prettiest, right? They're the most insecure, broken humans on earth. Yeah, the idea are is... mean 14-year-old girls. They lift themselves up by tearing everybody else Because down they don't them. know how to do it, right? Mm -hmm. But it, And I know that that's like a cheesy after-school special, but the reality is is that if you just own your shit, the reason why your class president was class president and everyone's like, oh, I like him. Mm -hmm. It's not like he had a good personality, but it's because he just owned who he was. People want that. They right. want to be able to go to the bar even when they're not feeling like drinking yeah, and being able to order a glass of milk and people don't have the confidence enough to just be like, no, I don't drink. No, I'm going to show up to the party wearing what I want to wear. Right. But in, in, and I understand like as an adult, I again have become more like founded in who I am, yeah. which is a homebody. Yeah. But I also don't like the attention because it's, you know, when we, when we go to dinner, like I'm going to dress the part of going to dinner because this is what we do. But then if there's like an after party somewhere, it's, I'm so sorry, but it's after eight o'clock. So I'm going to change in my sweatpants, please. Thank yeah. you. You bring jammies. Or I do bring jammies and people ask me, like they look at me weird. It's just like, what are you doing? But it's, I have. I never would have been able to do that early yeah, on, and it's that. not like this token of look at me and how confident I am. But it's just I reached a point where it's just like you know what? No. Yeah. I'm a tomboy, so if you want me to go somewhere, it's gonna be like sweatpants and gym shoes, and my hair's gonna be up in a messy bun because that's who I am. Yeah. I'm not a pretty, pretty princess. I can play the part for a little bit, mm -hmm. but that's not who I am. 
So I'm trying to teach that to Michael on somewhat of that level. Because it's just, dude, I, I was always, because I was an ogre, because I was this five foot seven C cup, 200 pound fifth grader. Right. Right. Is no matter how insecure I was and how much I didn't want to be noticed and how much is part of my my natural personality not to not to be noticed even now, it's I stood out like a sore thumb. Sure. So I got a lot of negative attention. Yeah. But I had a lot of friends too. I wasn't isolated. But it's just, dude, you're you're a big kid. You're a big eleven year old. Mm-hmm. And it's just, just, that's okay. Just be who you are. Right. But he seems, that's why I'm, I have pride. And I don't think it has anything to do with me, but I'm going to take it as a mom win. Take it. That it's just, he seems more confident in that approach. He's yes. not as insecure as I was, I feel like his age. Sure. Like he doesn't hunch over, try to hide. Like he just is big. Mm-hmm. And he runs like a, a floppy marshmallow man, and he's adorable, and I love him to pieces. Mm-hmm. And he's not also not afraid to te- like put people in their place. Right. If someone's being shitty, he's got comebacks. Yeah, and that, I didn't. And that's and that's been the thing where for me definitely where it gets hard is because you, you at these ages you start to try on those different personalities. Mm-hmm. You start to. Um, mimic right your ability to mimic gets real your desire to mimic gets super strong and that's where it's like dude you're not an angsty kid yeah so stop saying these angsty fucking things like man ugh. Ugh, it's just so stupid like it's just yeah, dude, it's you so don't find early it's, it's like, like michael you ha- you've been waking up since four to five a.m since you were tiny. Yeah, you were an early to bed, early to rise, man after my own heart. I love you. But don't pretend like it's, mom, can't get up before 10 because and like, I like, need coffee. Because that's like what gross. you see. It's gross. It's what you hear. And, and it's, it's like, stop see. that. And that's definitely where we have the different events, like Spirit Week and stuff, where his friends are like, that's stupid. We're not doing that. And it's like, Mike, that's not you. Yeah. You're the... You love decorating. Wear the and abominable parties. snowman sweater. Yeah, and like Christmas. decoration, and 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 for and sure, you love parties and planning and events and thing, and you get excited about it, and that's awesome. Yeah. Don't let the the dude culture don't let it get sucked out of you. Yeah. Now there's an important thing that we were talking about earlier that I have to have you share. So speaking of dude culture, okay. so you came across oh. an article okay. by what once was. A page that likes shared science has definitely it's succumbed the, to the, the clickbait and just clickbait. But so is everything. the God page. Oh, I've I see. I've unfollowed all of those things, so I don't see them anymore. The God page has also gone. Like, so this article that you saw is is from IFLS, which is I fucking love science. Yes, on Facebook. And they used to be called I fucking love science. Now it's IFL science. Oh. They've changed their name. That's stupid. Uh, And this was an article that what your beard says about your personality. (laughs) Written in the year of our Lord, 2015. So definitely, this doesn't sound like a horoscope thing at all. And definitely is scientific in nature. Hold on, let's see if I can find it. Crap, I clicked off. 
Are you going to pause it? No? I need a minute. I have to find it. <laughs> okay, so I found, I found it. All right. So the clickbait is bizarrely a study found that men with beards are more likely to be misogynistic. Yeah, this sounds so super scientific. So it's like, ooh. Let's click. Yeah, <laughs> so for out. sure you've clicked. Yeah. Um, and for sure we have not read this, so we are like uh, exploring this article together in real time. Which is going to be stupid because you're just going to get angry. Why yeah. are we doing this? Because I need to get angry about this. Okay. So this is written. Because these are the same people that are giving us like COVID advice. Yeah. That's my problem. Well, they used to talk about science. Uh-huh. And now they don't. Nope. And what is surely going to be, it, um, excuse me, and what is surely going to prove a controversial conclusion it's definitely going to prove it. Yeah. A new study has claimed to find a link between beards and misogyny. As always, correlation does not necessarily imply causation. And there's a hyperlink to that. But that doesn't that hasn't stopped the researchers making such a link. The study, published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior, asked 532 American and Indian men how much they agree with certain statements about women, along with their current facial hair status. Oh, my God. <laughs> this survey was conducted online using the crowdsourcing marketplace Amazon Mechanical Turk. After accounting for factors like nationality, age, education level, relationship status, and sexual orientation, the researchers claimed that men with facial hair were more likely to hold sexist beliefs and misogynistic attitudes. They found 86% of bearded Indian men and 65% of bushy Americans. Go I ahead. I can't even okay because it's you're you're talking about so 86 percent of indian men that's an overwhelming percentage but to correlate the fact that they have beards mm -hmm. which a lot of them is intricately retied to their religion let alone like their societal norms which would give it's the nurture versus nature concept on the belief of everything yeah so definitely indian culture and american culture very linked super yeah. similar yeah um, 65% of bushy Americans told or hold, quote, hostile, sexist attitudes. Do you realize that in 2021, that all male beliefs <laughs> are, are hostile sexist. and sexist attitudes? I mean, come on now. I'm surprised. Significantly more surprised than their says, clean shaven counterparts. That's because their clean shaven counterparts are a bunch of pussies. <laughs> That's why. They are man children. That's, That's science. Right. That is science. They don't have testosterone. That, um, what you just said is about as scientific as what they're saying right now. Do you want right me to now. keep going? There's a whole lot more, but oh this God. is ridiculous. No, don't go into this. So this is something we've definitely have touched on. I have to finish this part. All right. Men who held these, quote, hostile sexist attitudes were more likely to agree with statements like, quote, once a woman gets a man to commit to her, she usually tries to put him on a tight leash, end quote. And, quote, women seek to gain power by getting control over men, end quote. So, the men who had beards held these, quote, hostile sexist beliefs, which were these things. The study also looked at, quote, benevolent sexism. They define this attitude, which suggests men and women have very distinct gender differences, with men taking a, quote, pro protective and paternalistic role. And that is wrong? Apparently. 
quote, benevolent sexist attitudes include agreeing with statements like women should be cherished and protected by men, as well as behaviors like opening doors for women and insisting on paying for dinner. I got it. The study proposed that men who had already held sexist beliefs enjoy growing their beards because it asserts masculinity and reinforces the ideals of dominance. However, who, they also... Who, who has answered that? <laughs> who is like, I grow my beard. Do you know why we grow our beards? Because you can. And you because you show don't it to the shave. World? No. I feel like it is a little bit of pounding on the chest. Not like, I'm a man, hear me roar, but it's like, I can do this. I can make fire. Because well, not all men can grow facial hair. But you don't grow a beard because other dudes can't. Like, that's such a weird, that would be such a weird thing. I guarantee you some men have that. I'm just, I can do this. Apparently all the ones that are on this survey. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you, you start growing a beard because it's, as a teen, it's totally different. As a teen, you're just trying to do your best to, to be just man. not look like a prepubescent girl. So is it, okay, answer me this question. Is it a point of pride? When you can start growing a stash. Oh, yeah. Why? As a teenager? Because I just said it. So you stop looking like a prepubescent girl. So it's this desire to look like a man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But isn't that the same thing with long bearded Duck Dynasty people like yourself? Isn't it subconsciously at some point of just, I can do this. I am a man. Because there are a certain person that it's I have emulating. in mind that can't not do that. It has a serious inferiority complex. It's, it is definitely – I don't know if it's like it's to be a man. For me, it's always been why do I wear – I have a skull ring that I wear. And I've worn it. Since you were 10. Yeah. Because I like it. Yes, you like, like the it's, look. Like for me, it's like I like, I like, I like skulls. And I – Really dug the ring that Keith Richards had mm -hmm. for the Rolling Stones. And I'm like, that is super sweet. I want one of those. No, I know. You do it very much because just like, I like the look. I like that. So Nobody I in their right mind has a mohawk and a beard because. But I, but I, but for me, it's like, I had it because it's like, I, I dig that. And what always kept me from doing those things was societal norms or the, or my, People would give me enough shit to where I'm like, all right, actually, I don't care about this enough. You pointed at me. No, no, no. You're the difference. Where it was, I cut the mohawk and you didn't give me shit. So I was like, oh, well, then I can. And this has been the epitome of our relationship, our entire experience together. Is that it's you just let me do whatever the fuck I want to do. Well, that's why that's everyone's weird. like, well, how do you feel about his beard? I'm like, I feel that that is his face and he <laughs> right. can do what he wants to do. <laughs> right. And it's, and so that is where I don't get pressure from you. No, the only time I have given you pressure, which is whether it's right or wrong, it's reality, is you, when we were looking for a job, it's do, you have to shave and grow hair. And, and you have to play the role. And, and, and for sure. I shaved and grew my hair out. Right. It's the same reason why when we have our, when our boys want to get facial tattoos, engage their ears and dye their hair pink. It's like, no, because I need you to leave my house at some point. 
<laughs> and there are a, a very finite list of jobs that you will be able to get looking the way that you do. Whether it's right or wrong, it's who you are. That's or fine. You be who you are under your shirt and tie. <laughs> under or what you do is you find a way to be able to be successful that allows you to just look the way you want to look. Which you have done well. And that's it. And that's and so you have can you, do those things. Have you ever had an employer say anything or a client comment about your look? People usually are like, I love your beard. Like I get that all the time. Because they wish they could do it. And it could be. That it's it is so it is like at some point does get so extreme of like the length where it's like it's that's awesome. But I am conscientious of that to where it's I do trim my beard. You know, I've had folks who were being like, you know, uh, Tyler will be like, how have I caught up to you? Like, how is my beard caught up to where your beard's at? And I'm like, well, I have to, I trim it because I still do work with clients and I still like do represent a company that you can't go full homeless. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't just let it go and be Tom Hanks from Castaway. Like it's, you've got to keep it. What about when you start going gray? What about it? Then you're going to really look homeless. No. You're going to look like Santa. As long as you keep it, if you keep it tight. No. So so this is where I was going. So for the beard, it was, there was a character. So it didn't know, it it didn't start with a beard. So it started with a character named Kratos. And Mm -hmm. he's the god of war. Okay. And so when I was in late high school, early college, this character from the God of War had like a kick-ass goatee. And I'm like, that's fucking awesome. And he was bald. So I had shaved my head forever. Again, why would you shave your head? Before you were going bald. So I shaved my head when I was like a sophomore in high school. Oh, I can't imagine that went over well with your family. (laughs) And it was because I liked the way that looked. And then I was able to grow goatee. And so when I was able to grow goatee, like I would let it, I would always have a goatee. Did you have that ability early on compared to your, your peers? Yeah. Yeah. Not as early as some kids. And I was like super fucking jealous. Like Taylor Good. Taylor Good could grow goatee in like the fucking seventh grade. Like he had a full goatee. He also went bald when he was 22. Is it like having big boobs for girls? I always had ginormous boobs. So boobs, boobs is probably way more convoluted because it like the boys now like you. I don't think. Mm -hmm. And I guess girls, older girls like you. So like I definitely had a lot more attention from much older girls when I had facial hair, but I didn't grow facial hair to attract girls. And there's also like, you just have big boobs. Like there's no like, one day you don't, and one day you do, and you can flip flop whenever you'd like. Like for facial hair, you just you shave it. Like it can always be changed. And so, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah, today is no boob day. <laughs> and and then in six months I'll have boobs again. Like it's um oh, I wish. <laughs> so that one's probably because it's linked to sex so much with the boobs and stuff, it's probably like way more intense. But it always was for me where I saw something and I'm like that speaks that speaks to me. This speaks to who I am deep inside, which is the color black. Bald, black, tattoos, facial hair. Large, muscular men. Yeah. It just was that was something that like I <clears throat> I enjoyed. So Are you going to get a tattoo? Yes. When? When I feel like 
when I feel like we have, you need to be able to get your kitchen. You need to be able to do like, you need to be able to do like, I have some things that I have kind of said where it's for me, tattoos are one of those things where it is. Where are you getting it? And what are you going to get? I'm going to get it on my face. A swastika. Uh Uh-huh. Just a big swastika and a star of David on top of each other. So it's super confusing. (laughs) I hate tattoos so much. I know you do. But it's, it's okay. such an, a cry for help. It is. Deep down, I'm hurting. And I need <laughs> you to see it. Why do you have to put something on your body? Why do you have to get your ears pierced? I didn't have a choice. Well, I don't have and a choice And notice how either. I have had no other piercings in my life. I got nothing it for you. It happened as a little girl it's something, and I was traumatized. It's, it's, it's my body. I know, but I don't Thank understand you. the why. Because I like the way it looks. But why do you have to have something permanent on your body? Why do you have to scar your body to show it? Why can't the artwork be in a frame on your wall? Like that. Why does it have that's to the be tattoo. on That's not a tattoo. It is. It's a partial sleeve that's going to go here from shoulder to elbow. Are you really going to get a sleeve of tattoos? Yeah, but over time, not all at once. Why? No one has been able to answer why. Because I like the way it looks. But you're hurting your body to do that. Because you have to stress test your body so you become harder to kill. And this stays consistent with my overall world belief. The fact, because people don't get tattoos for themselves. They put it on their body so that other people can see it. It's stupid. Literally isn't. The tattoos. The tattoo that goes on like your upper back that you will never see. For sure, is for other people. It's stupid. All yeah. of it is stupid. I am not in an argument over this. I'm in an you argument. Can... <laughs> I am participating, and I'm trying to drag you into this argument with me. No, it's you can feel like it's stupid. It's allowed. You're allowed to think it's dumb. It's not going to change how I feel about it. But you have influence over our sons. Correct. And when they have all of their shit together... And they have taken care of business. Why is the drinking age 21, but the tattoo age is 18? All of them should be 45. Drinking age didn't used to be 21. And it's only because a bunch of uptight sticks up their asses Protestants that made it that way. I understand that. Mm-hmm. All the vices should be minimum age 45. Noted. All of them. Okay. All of them. I got it. Caffeine as well. Yes. And sugar. Yes. Uh-huh. Your world sounds like Nazi Germany. My world sounds wonderful. <laughs> where we all read books and we garden and we talk about philosophical ideas. That's and my... You do your thing. You're allowed to do it. And our sweatpants up to our boobs. Up to your boobs. No bras. Yeah. You guys, you do <laughs> your thing. You just leave the rest of us alone. This is what's so crazy is that other people, you can have your feelings of however you want to feel about whatever, but it doesn't need to get imposed on everybody I think, else. Well, first, I hate tattoos. Indeed. Like, we have co- period. We, we have them. spent seven and a half minutes covering this. I understand. Uh-huh. But it's your body and you can do what you want. And we have a lot of people that are friends that have them and more power to them. I think the reason that I don't like the fact that you're going to do what you're going to do is because you have influence over my sons. And I don't trust my sons not to come up with this retarded, I said, oh, can't say that word anymore. 
Well, you so said it, which means whatever you're about to say, whatever whatever this moral superiority that you now have over us has been completely shattered, gone. So you can continue your thought, but just know you've just disqualified yourself and you may be canceled. I I said the word. I didn't mean to. It just came out. Anyway. Okay, racist grandma. I know, but it's, I'm, you're going to get it. They like you infinitely more than they like me. Do you think and if I'm you a got mom, a tattoo that somehow like what do you what what do you mean? What I'm saying is that I'm doing my damnedest to deter them mm-hmm. from bodily harm. <laughs> and do you think okay? And and they're gonna do reckless things regardless of my attempts. But I'm trying my damnedest as a mother because that's my job. And then you're gonna get something that they're gonna want and think is super cool anyway and then when they're 18 or they're 17 and they forge my name Mm -hmm. that they're gonna get a really really stupid tattoo that's permanent on their body and who cares i care why because again i need them to leave my house at some point they will leave because this isn't just one thing this is not isolated how many people have gotten their tattoos removed because it was the shit that i thought was important at age fill in the blank is embarrassing to me now. I'm okay with you getting a tattoo at how, 30 whatever. How important are the lessons that were hard that you learned over your life? How important were those hard lessons? I totally see Michael getting how the name hard? of his high school girlfriend like in a heart. So our job is to work with them on being like you <laughs> You should probably not tattoo your girlfriend's names on your body. It's probably ill-advised. Yeah, that's what... All of it is ill-advised, John. All of it is ill-advised. They don't need a tattoo of anything. Do you realize that they're going to do whatever they're going to do? I just said that. They're Uh going to do reckless things. Correct. Regardless of what I say. And so it's our job... my job job as a mother... Is to teach them. Is to try to shake them. it out of them not as shake much it out as of I humanly not- can. <laughs> Shaking baby yeah, syndrome. Yeah, I was going to say you're promoting. 15. Yeah, it's but but that's not going to work. Our whole episode has been all about that. I is know that they are who, who they are, are, but it's my job to help scream the wrong thing. <laughs> you do realize so they may listen just like for a half a second. Yeah, that's my job. Just to they're going to do pause. what they're going to do. I'm not Correct. trying to control what they're going to do. Hmm. I can until they become 18, Yeah. right? But I'm not trying to do that. But what I am trying to do... You're trying to protect your boys. Yes. I understand. I got you. And we're not going to stop protecting your boys. Can you wait to get a tattoo until no. they all leave I the house? I have literally waited long enough, thank you. And I'm not getting it tomorrow. I'm making sure that we have everything else in place. Can you just place. take all of them together? Like when you're... When Henry's 18... No, so they're all gone I'm not and waiting. Then I don't I'm have done to worry doing about? things because other people want me to do them. Oh, but that's about I'm your wife. Oh, that used to be like I used to get shit like that all the time when I was a teenager of being like, but don't you love your mom and don't you want to shave your your goatee? But that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to change I understand. what you're doing. You're trying to change what I'm doing so it protects your sons. And I got it. I'm not trying to change. I'm trying to delay. Trying- <laughs> that is a different verb. I love it. It's a different verb. The delay is there. It will continue to be delayed. But the reality is, is that for me, I have a set of things and goals 
and those goals need to be met. And one of For those us, goals it was getting is, us debt free. Is to ink stain your skin and traumatize your body. That's that is my reward. That is my thing. Stupid. You want a kitchen. That is and bathrooms. Useful for the whole family. We have a kitchen and bathroom that currently works. So well, utility wise, define works. We have a hole that we pee and we poop don't into, have and it a goes bye bye. If we don't have a candle that's in there, the fumes alone from the urine stains <laughs> the will kill you. You have no idea what our tolerance is for stinky bathrooms. As a male. I know mine. And it's being... <laughs> it's being challenged each and every day. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Boys would literally just pee and shit into a steel bucket. And you just walk into a room and there were a bunch of buckets full of shit and piss. And that's what we would do. Just so we wouldn't have to worry about doing anything else. A literal kill room with shit and piss buckets. And all you do is piss and shit into it, and then you take it out and throw it out back. That's what boys would do. Okay. The tolerance is frighteningly high. So <laughs> it's <laughs> it's <laughs> all right. So on this thought, I do want to. I was talking to you about this the other day. We haven't this, even gotten into the thing yet. The toxic masculinity. No, this is we've been in the oh. thing. No, no, this is all like that toxic masculinity concept. So this idea or this bullshit of this of like science. And this, you and you said it the other day. You just said it, where it was like, well, all the clean-shaven men are just obviously pussies. And so this is like phrases where it's like soy boys or this idea of like just um, posturing to be like, well, no, like I don't believe in this. And like, like everyone needs to be – and we've talked about this before in other episodes with this. Um, the problem with making people and especially making boys and men – less aggressive or less manly or less whatever less themselves and just bringing them down in order to be able to have equality and have equity so it's like well no like you can't and so and um and this was a quote i heard a, a while ago and it actually comes from um jordan peterson's one of his appearances on the joe rogan podcast i like his voice you like his voice? It's it's different. It is different. It is appealing to me. That's okay. It's allowed. And so it doesn't matter how you feel about it, but this particular about him, but this is like a one minute clip that definitely summarizes what we've talked about. Total asterisks. Yeah. Do people not like him? And why? Oh my gosh. Like, no, we don't have time to go into it. People just don't like the fact of like the things that he talks about and the fact that he is is so opinionated and that teen boys like young men are like listening to the things that he says like he challenges does he, does the he narrative talk to so young much. men specifically very much so what does he do what is his job Who is he's he? a psychologist from canada i think canadian site. that deals with young men um it definitely has been like he's written number like the books are whatever i find them all great like the thought concepts that he talks about are great it just he's he is the foil too woke culture. So there's kind of two guys that get um, bullied by woke culture and from the far left, and that's Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson. Mm -hmm. And they come at things from different areas mm -hmm. of perspective, but they're both like pro-religion, pro-marriage, 
Like, like it's certain very conservative values, mm-hmm. but they chant like they just challenge anything that like the woke leftist culture is. And they're way over on the other side. And so they get um, they get painted as like neoconservatives, mm. like enough to where like if they ended up certainly Shapiro, he's you've seen him before. Doesn't he wear a yarmulke? Mm-hmm. And he's a young dude, yeah. real dark hair. He's yeah. been on. We've seen episodes of him on Bill Maher. Well, God bless him for going on that show. Right, but he, um, like he, he just that would be a hard audience. Yeah, and but it, it's it, that's his jam, and so it definitely he loves the confrontation. Yes, for sure. And so it's worth looking into, no matter what your your stances on any of the things. Those are two very divisive characters in our day and age, that are just like it's. Firm lines in the sand. Yeah. And like the black, you know, black lives matter. Like they will challenge it to the nth degree and will just call what they, they call it as they see it. And they get claimed as like being white supremacists or they'll be claimed as being neoconservatives. And it's just because it's, we are so disinterested in having interesting dialogue and conversation so we broad brushed everybody and so this is that quote that i was trying to give you the other day and it hits in line exactly what we're talking about the things i tell young men well and young women as well but the young men really need to hear this more i think is that you should be a monster you know because everyone says well you should be harmless virtuous you shouldn't do anyone any harm you should sheath your competitive instinct you shouldn't try to win you know you you don't want to be too aggressive you don't want to be too assertive you want to take a back seat and all of that it's like no wrong you should be a monster an absolute monster and then you should learn how to control it do you know the expression it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war right right exactly that's exactly it yeah yeah and that's exactly right and so when i tell young men that they think well lots of them are competitive they're low in agreeableness you know because that's part of being competitive temperamentally it's like is there something wrong with being competitive there's nothing wrong with it there's something wrong with cheating there's something wrong with being a tyrant there's something wrong with winning unfairly all of those things are bad but you don't want people to win what's the difference between trying to win and striving you want to eradicate striving? What's well, the uncomfortable? And so that's definitely the from that Joe Rogan episode. Um, but it just challenges all of these concepts that are being challenged nowadays mm-hmm. of like what it means to be aggressive, what it means to want to win. And I like the idea of like that phrase of being like low on agreeableness. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's being difficult, you know, challenging the narrative and the idea of and definitely the quote of it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Yeah, well, and when I was uh, helping out at the holiday shop this week, there's one thing that we were discussing when we were talking with the teachers is um you know, like what possessed we were talking to one which was just like, well, what possessed you to to do what you do? And then we we're all talking about like that some sort of a teacher that was influential to us. What do you mean? Uh, um, the first part, what you said, you said something like what was motivated you to do what you do. Were you guys talking to, to each teacher. other? Yeah. Oh, I, you're I'm talking trying, to the teachers. Yeah, I'm trying oh, gotcha. purposefully not to mention names of oh, who these people are. Got it. But um, it's, you know, what led you to become a teacher and do what you do? Got it. Got it. Got um, it. And we shared between the teachers and the parents of, we all universally seem to have, a good teacher that influenced us to do X, Y, and Z. 
Sure. But that good teacher was one that was confrontational, that challenged the narrative, that didn't just fall into line, that didn't just read out of the textbook and do the state standards. Like there was always something extra to them. Yeah. That was confrontational to the status quo. Exactly. Not to students. Right. And right. yes, that challenged right. what a teacher should have been. Like right. what it meant to be a teacher. Yeah, yeah. And it influenced that like in a positive way of just them being who they wanted to be as a teacher mm-hmm. instead of having to be the subdued version of what the state wanted them to be. Yeah. But it's the same it's the same principle. And it's what you and I have discussed this week because uh, with Jack, especially because that little boy breaks my heart because you can just see it in him is that he has changed. And the phrase that was used is like, oh, well, we've just noticed that Jack has matured so much yeah. in the last few years. It's like, no, what you actually mean is that now he's just a subdued pussy because who he was as a toddler was this if you wronged him he no matter whether he was happy sad angry frustrated no matter what the emotion was is there was instantaneous response of this is what i'm feeling and i am acting upon fill in the blank sure the problem is is that when he was a toddler if he didn't like what was happening if someone wronged him it was i'm gonna scratch you in your eyes right and because of societal norms you can't do that right which i understand but it's all society and schooling has taught my boy is how to hide because he has changed now he has anxiety to the nth degree you know we have him in wrestling we have him in these sports where we're trying to teach him that it's the things because he he'll when he breaks down he will he can't quite articulate it yet but he will express like i just don't know how to let out what i feel inside yeah because now it's you know the last several months is i'm like i had to email the teacher and he had to go see the counselor at school because it's in the classroom he's like there's just so many people around me and there's a lot of noise and I, I really don't like it and I have a hard time focusing and it's like, it's this problem. So he will explain that. Yeah. But instead of acting how he would want to act, which is just to become Hulk smash yeah. and let out his feeling and right. then calm the hell down and be able to get back to it or be allowed to escape and go run around and play outside and get out his feeling and then come back in. It's there's no help for him. Yeah, just keep burying it and burying it. So that's what he when he comes home and he he hides and we're like and and it just the noises like any noise will like I just need you because he'll you know I'll say like how was school and he's polite bless his heart but he'll outright say to me mom I need you to go away because I can't hear your voice right now. Yeah, I I need you to to go. I need to be alone. I can't handle like just a question. How was school today? It's just like I. It's just, I can't even. Yeah, it's too much. I can't start right now. And so it worried me. So like we reached out, but then when I try to talk to him about it, it's just, he'll he'll express like, I don't know how to release it. Because we're like, dude, if you're feeling these feelings of anxiety and anger and frustration because someone's annoying you or there's too many noises, like use it positively. So when you are 
in sports, you're wrestling or you're in baseball or you're you're playing. Like that's the time to let it out. And he has lost that ability to do it. Yeah, it's super hard. Because of a subdued environment. Because you're just told constantly you can't and don't do this and you're not allowed to do this. And being a good boy means this and you need to fall in line. And so now he has talking. a hard time. When mm-hmm. he's on the mat, like the coaches are now working with him where it's just – Dude, you're doing everything right, but then once you get into a match with someone, you completely become this limp noodle. Yeah, because he he uh, when he gets to work with the coaches and he wrestles with the adults, he does well because he's able to just kind of let it loose because he does that with me. I was gonna say that's his correlation to you is you have always been a safe place for him where he can just be who he is mm-hmm. and that you're not gonna react. Every child that he's ever come across, if he tries to wrestle. It's always, it's either the moms or the kids that have something to say about it. Oh, yeah. Because they, because it's always, and it's their own, like, I know he's my son and I know I'm going to go to bat for him. mm -hmm. And I know that sometimes, a lot of times, he's in the wrong. Sure. But it's all I want to say, because it's like, yeah, Jack is like, because I've literally had moms that are like trying to talk to me, like they'll feel the need to discipline my son Mm -hmm. in front of me. And I don't know if you like this. There's a reason why I don't like people. And it is a learned behavior because the experiences for me have been so consistent. Yeah, they fail you. They fail me all the time. Mm -hmm. But it's either other moms or I get phone calls from principals because Jack touched another child and the child told the mom and the mom calls. But like it's 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 so extreme. Yeah. And for me, all I want to say is. Yeah, but did you talk to the other kid about the fact that Jack... Because it was admitted that both Jack and the child were just playing. Yeah, it was game. It was game, and they were playing, and then the play just got a little too aggressive. But it wasn't even that the kid ever, like, didn't have to go to the nurse, so there wasn't no. this huge deal. It just it's was, just he, he felt like, okay, this is too much. Yeah. And instead of... So when the child goes home, it's like, well, I got hit today at school. Yeah. And now off And we they go. don't mean to be a tattletale either, but when they're right. little, that's the best that they can articulate it. Mm-hmm. Is it's like, well, what's wrong, Billy? It's like, well, Jack hit me. There was no, there's no nuance to the like we were playing and then Jack hit me and it was a little hard and it hurt, but like I'm okay. Right. There's none of that that goes into it. Mm-hmm. So my poor Jack-Jack will get called to the principal's office. And then there was a while where he was being like seen by the counselor for aggressive whatever. And like I had something to say about that. Mm-hmm. Because it's no. You don't get to change my child. Did you talk to the other parent who's psychotic mm-hmm. who felt like like there's no permanent damage done? Right. Like I get if Jack because he did when he was a toddler he he'd scratch people like he'd draw blood yeah so we just had to clip his nails real short yeah mm-hmm. which I understand like those things are not okay right but it's when he's well that playing was because he was some... little and like it was like I want to play because when you would talk with Jack he was like Jack why did you scratch Billy in the face I was a cat or and it was, was I wanted to play well that's so what that it is I'm pretend- I'm a like- cat. I'm a yeah. kitty and we're going to play yeah, and I'm going to scratch. Or we're playing zombies. We're playing zombie. That's mm-hmm. what it was. It yeah, was zombies. zombies. Yeah. 
And it, there's nothing for it. But then when he gets called to the principal and he's in trouble, he doesn't understand the implication. Because yeah. it, this has happened not once, like multiple times. And then when we talk to the adults, it's always like, oh, well, it's no big deal. It's like, if it's no big deal, then this is a really big deal because my poor child has had to come to the principal's office yeah. and has had to have discussions with counselors about who he is when, when this incident happened on the bus and there wasn't a problem. Yeah. He would have had zero idea that he had hurt another child. They were literally playing and then the kid got off the bus. So what are we doing about it? Right now I'm crying. I had a conversation with you last night well, because it's the idea that he, I am witnessing a change in my child right. that's not good. Mm-hmm. Is We're trying to teach him, okay, when you're on the mat, let these emotions out. This is the time to get angry. And he has had to learn to subdue them so much and change who he innately is that he can't. Yeah. And he is becoming sad. Yeah. I noticed it last year when he was home. He enjoyed being home away from others way too much and it's i think the reason i'm so sad is because the same way that i said there's a reason why i don't like people because they fail me over and over and over again is he's learning that of no i'd rather just be here with my family because they don't make me feel bad about who i am yeah i can just be who i want to be yeah and it definitely is so all of these things where it's like okay if all of this stuff is happening then why do you still send him to school And that is definitely the thing of like for me, right, action-oriented is that it's like, no, this is one of the things that we are now working towards, which is not have him go. go. He's still like – he is not anti. No. He enjoys – he enjoys like Nolan. Nolan – like if if Nolan and him – again, they have this dream to go like study – lizards in the middle of alaska or whatever it is yes wolves and lizards but like legit if they if that's all that jack had he is more than fine right but he he will go he's a social kid when he's at these sports he's not like a loner well that's he he's introverted like me and he prefers to be alone but he will happily engage and it's just like hey you want to be my partner let's let's play well that's and that's where the what has been nice about sports and nice about wrestling especially is been that he can be like it's slowly reminding him of like no you can be who you want to be you can be this way in fact it's encouraged right you're rewarded for it it has to be so confusing for boys it is that it's no 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 you have to be nice you can't be overly aggressive. You can't be overly competitive. Like what Jordan Peterson were saying is you can't do these things until you're on an athletic field or court. And then it's like, then the angrier you are, the more Hulk smash you are, the better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what? For sure. And that has to be so. And, that, and I'm seeing it in real time with my son. of like, no, no, no. Well, you can have these emotions. Just use them in this setting only. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know how to. It's not a switch for him that it's like, I can be Superman at one point and Clark Kent on another. Like he. But he, here. Okay. Great. Whether you did this, whether you meant to or not, it was. A, this is the, the perfect analogy when you're talking about comics. Mm-hmm. Batman has to learn. Bruce Wayne has to learn to become Batman. Right? Mm-hmm. Same with Spider-Man. 
Same with Hulk and Bruce Banner. All of them. Yeah. The Hulk is just a little bit different because he becomes the Hulk. And the Hulk then takes over. The Hulk technically is like a different person entirely. But I feel like the Marvel comics, this is total science. I feel like they did a really good job with Mark Ruffalo in his portrayal of it, of like the fact that that's how it was always like, don't make me angry because the Hulk takes over. Sure. And then towards the end, it was like, no, I'm actually in control. For sure. Um, the analogy with Superman is the best analogy of this. Because it goes right in line with what Jordan Peterson just said, which is what we listened to, which is Superman does not have to learn to be Superman. Superman is from another world. He's an alien. Mm -hmm. And his world of Krypton is made of supers. That is who he is, is mm -hmm. Superman. He has to learn to, be to become Clark, Clark Kent, mm -hmm. who is the alter ego. Yeah. So he has to then look at what does everybody else look like? And I'm going to be a fumbling, bumbling idiot with glasses. And this is who I am now mirroring what I see from the male race on this planet. And I'm going to pretend to be him. This should be the name of this podcast. Learning to become Clark Kent. I like it. And it's, and that is where it's. I think every little kid and not it's whatever. We're going to use blanket statements. Every kid, <laughs> right? Every little boy is born Superman. Not every, but yes. Blanket We're statements, sticking yeah. with our blanket statements. Yeah. Boys. Yes. Boys are born to be Superman. Mm -hmm. Girls are born to be Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Queen. And then it is, we're told that we have to be someone else. That they are then slowly changed into Clark Kent to the and point. Barbie. Right. Yeah. And then at some point, it's like you're, you've been pretending to be somebody for so long that you forgot what it meant to be Superman. Mm-hmm. Because you've been forced to be something that you weren't to where you completely lose your identity of what you once were. Mm -hmm. And that is what society – because society is built on people not being powerful and independent and capable. You're taught well, to it's be like, – It's like the ultimate catering – to the needs of the weak. It's the ultimate no child left behind. Because those that are in power don't want people to be powerful and confident and capable and not dependent. Yeah. It's way easier to have everybody be a bunch of Clark Kents that are dependent and waiting on Superman to come save you. And the lie is that it, there's only one. And the difference is, is that... You have it in you. Everyone, every little boy has the ability to be Superman. Well, and it's so hard because we're seeing it with Michael where it's like he'll come home and it's like, I was told I was a racist today. Or yeah. the things that he says it will come, if it hasn't, it will start coming. The misogynistic comments and what it means. And like, I'm all about girl power. I'm all like, I would have loved to have a Wonder Woman movie or a yeah. Captain Marvel movie made in 1992 when I was a young girl and seeing, like, especially me being a tomboy and having those natural tendencies to want to be strong and powerful and save the day. Well, that's why Little Giants probably spoke to you as a little girl. Yeah, yes, 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 because of the icebox. Right. 
I loved it. And I identified with her so much because I had for sure those tendencies. And so I love the woman empowerment thing. I think that women absolutely, the feminist in me understands the reason for the need for women empowerment because we have unequivocally been shit on since the beginning of time. Yeah. We are a minority, and I know that that's even controversial to say, similar to the way that, you know, but like I'm a white woman and I know it's not nearly the experience of what a black woman or an Asian woman or an Native American woman have experienced. They're even more way down the totem pole than I ever could be. And I understand that there is a privilege that comes along with the color of my skin. But the fact what that you even need to have to qualify all of those things. Is a problem. But it does, it is because it's... I understand. So I understand and I appreciate the woman empowerment. But the fact now, like it drives me nuts. Just it's sickening how over the top everything has to be now. Of that... It can't just be... That a dude is allowed to save the day anymore. It, we have to include a chick. And we have to include a black person. And we have to include... It's, it's, in, it's in commercials. It's in the movies that we watch. And it's great that there is now diversity. I, I think it's wonderful. I think that the inclusiveness is something that has been lacking. That has been needed direly. But having being a mother of sons, it's disheartening because I am, and I'm learning to change it because I'm getting sick of it. Yeah. Of when I go places, when when we go to back to school night, I am so used to having to preemptively apologize. Of, I'm so sorry. I have sons. They're rough and tumble boys. Like that's what I have to say. But now, like the neighbor that's going to be moving in across the street, it's yep. just she's like, "Oh, did were your boys?" She's like, "Yours is the house." I'm like, "Usually we have a bunch of balls and broken weaponry in the front yard." Like, and it's a joke, but it's just like, my kids are boys, period. Yeah. So I'm letting you know right now, like, if your kids can't handle that, and you know, she was like, no, no, no. She's like, even my girls are rough and tumble. But it's, I am now, instead of apologizing yep. for like, I'm so sorry that my boys are going to act like boys, mm. or that's what it is. I'm like, oh, they're just, they're wild animals. It's like, eh, well, they're boys. It's like, yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And that is what I'm sick of. Right. And that's why it's like I'm so over elementary school. I appreciate. And I think it's why Michael has enjoyed middle school so far. First of all, he has male representation there. A lot. Like all of his teachers this year happen to be male, which sure. he's for sure never had and likely will never have again. Right. But it's it's why you hated and changed your sociology major. Right. Is because the shove down your throat need for well we can't act like that to our friends and it's always the little boy's fault and it's always when they are the ones that are it's it's what we were talking about this before we hit play of like well you're like oh i hate that guy he's such a dick like talking about one of the bad teachers and i'm like well no he's not a bad teacher this lady was a bad teacher that michael had because it's yeah the fact that he felt the need to like have to get up and walk around or move or do anything it was just like she obviously had it out for little boys. Yeah. Which, like, I understand. They're obnoxious, difficult, and they make me want to pull my hair out. But it's I'm sick of being a mom. It's it's And I feel like I'm in this weird world of like, yes, if I had a daughter, it's like, yes, queen. You, you go, girl. Like, you rock that shit. You can be where you want to be, the rocket scientist. If you want to be Carol Danvers, like, 
God bless you. I think it's wonderful. But also then having sons that it's like, well, yeah, she, she can be that, but that doesn't mean that you now need to like subdue your emotions and your desire to like want to save the day and be a rock star because it would in like infringe upon her world. Like Correct. that's, that's where I'm at as a mom yeah. and it's frustrating. Yeah, just because you want to lift one up does not mean that you have to all of a sudden pull and the other one down. We, it's just everything that comes out. My boys being boys is toxic masculinity. Apparently, you having a beard means that you're more misogynist. Because that's not what the article was saying, of course. And they even pre, they even like explain that it's like correlation is not the same as causation. But it's not going to stop us from now taking that stance for the rest of this article. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's what people are going to read because that's what clickbait is. Yeah. Instantaneous gratification. But mm -hmm. it's – that's stupid. The fact that you enjoy lifting weights mm -hmm. and pounding on your chest and drinking beer, like you would totally rape and pillage some bitches like if it was allowed. <laughs> that is who you are because you are a man. But it's it's not driven – like there probably is some like primordial desire – of domination that like exists within the male species that is necessary from an evolutionary standpoint. That's why we're all still here. Yes. But like you for sure have that need to protect yeah. and dominate. And it's you, you, you enjoy your strength. Yes. And it's so stupid that like we would have to apologize for that. Right. But it, and I that's, think what really ties it, what needs to be happening and what needs to be a force and a group, whether it's on the, the micro level and community level of supporting and encouraging young men and young well, boys and girls together. It's uh, one of the books you've been reading. You've been reading a series of books and um, that's all autobiographical. Is it the pioneer woman? Yes. Oh my gosh, I love her. <laughs> I have a crush. But the it's one thing that was awesome was that, right, so she, they have, um, you were telling me the story of where she, her and her husband are having their first child and they, they don't know what it is until, you know, the moment it's born and they find out, they think, you know, they swear, which every strong misogynistic male believes which is i'm gonna have a son mm -hmm. and they believe that they're gonna have a boy and sure enough they have a girl for their first child and so the her husband who is you know third generation rancher immediately the calls his mother right totally and only grew up with brothers yeah. right calls his mother immediately and goes so it's not a boy it's a girl what do we do with girls and his mom who's a girl so it was a second generation, a second generation rancher. rancher goes the same thing you do with boys. Mm -hmm. And it just was like, he's not misogynistic. No, like it's right. No, my I point is my point of being is, is I'm being facetious there, but it's, mm -hmm. it is, it's the idea is that is the attitude. Mm -hmm. It isn't, I'm having a daughter. I need to treat her differently. Mm -hmm. It's the community, the ranch. The farm, the whatever, requires everyone to do their job. Yeah, work needs to be done, period. They, But they talked about that at the Frontier Culture Museum, Correct. where it's just like there were kind of societal gender roles, which is like the men would do this and the women would do this. He's like, but if you had six daughters, guess who's working in the fields with you? Yeah. 
guess who's the, spinning because yeah, it was like so we were over so this this is a cool enough fact is and it stays on line of what we're talking about so we're in like 1600s ireland mm-hmm. in this um outdoor museum that we like to go to and um it's cool because you get to interact with actual historians that are like they're in character but they're not mm-hmm. like they're able they're doing the stuff they're and dressing so, the part in the actual thing doing the actual work that but they talk doing. to you about the stuff at the time and so they're talking about where in 1600s ireland the idea where it was at the time men were the only ones that were allowed to spin cloth to be able to make clothing because it was a belief that women would make an inferior product so women couldn't do the actual spinning of the thread and so men were the only ones allowed to do it and she's like but you know for sure that if you were a farmer and you had six daughters those daughters were spinning thread Mm -hmm. and so it just is like it's it whatever societal norm exists goes out the window when it's time to work Mm mm-hmm and that is where it's being able to have that attitude, boys or girls, it's not pulling, it's not falsely lifting girls up mm-hmm. and then falsely pulling boys down. Mm-hmm. It's just teach everybody to just kick a whole bunch of ass all the time. Well, right. And that's why it's like I, I, I envy and I wish I would have been born in a different dispensation than what we're in now. Because it's, you know, one of the reasons why I love the pioneer woman is because she came from this environment where it's like I grew up with a dad who's a doctor and we were like golf course living, right? Super fancy dancy, everything. And then I'm thrust and like I went to school at USC and my boyfriend was from Newport Beach, California. Like it's she goes from that to Hodunk, Oklahoma, my nearest neighbor's 15 miles away type living. But one of the things that I envy about her, I envy about just older generations is the fact that, you know, she was going to go to law school or she was going to be whatever is not looked upon differently. Like she's just a homemaker and a mother. And it's not like, oh, you're just that. It's, right. Or, or, and it's not looked at as that's your only job. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's viewed as there is work to do, and this is the role that you fill, and you fill it beautifully, and it's just as important as it is for the husband and the brothers and everybody to go out and work the cattle. Like all, like we have to eat, so, and and like the home needs to be taken care of, and you're bearing the children. Like these are important jobs, mm-hmm. and that's what's so hard about living nowadays is mom guilt is very real. But it's like you're torn between these two worlds. We're back in the day. It's I feel like that was appreciated mm-hmm. a little bit, but it also was portrayed as like, well, you can't do anything else. Your place is in the kitchen. Sure. But if you talk to women back then, it was just like it wasn't always looked down upon. I'm sure there was a lot of women that were like, I never wanted to be a mom. Right. Like you have RBG, who's this rock star that like totally broke the mold on what it meant to be a woman. Sure. And she's awesome and grew up during those times. But it's, especially when you're talking about old school, if you're talking about 1600s Ireland or wherever you're at, is just, there are just, there's work to be done. There's a checklist a mile long 
And whatever you were able to check off, you're just as valuable. It was when, I don't know in society, like when we transitioned this to where it's like, I get asked, well, what do you do? It's like, I'm just a stay at home mom. It's like, I'm less than, I don't do anything. I stay home and watch my kids and I take care of the house and I cook and but is that is that society or is that how you see it? I think it is a mix. Yeah. I have insecurity about it because like selfishly it's like God, I want I want those letters after my name. I have that competitive drive and it's it's what the tomboy in me has always it's just like no. Like I always felt more of a drive to like play basketball with my brother and his friends mm-hmm. to prove myself than I did playing basketball from age 6 through high school with the girls. Like sure. it's this tomboy drive to like, you tell me I can't hear, hold my beer. Right. So I want. Hold my husband's beer. Yeah. <laughs> I want to prove that I can do it. Yeah. And you for sure don't give me shit at all. And it's constant conversations about like, no, you do what you do. So I can do what I can, like what needs to be done on well, my Because it's, like, it's, it's our so, social contract. Right. And, and it's, and it's we're, we're the same. But for sure, I feel like there is a switch in this thing that it's, it's well, women aren't having kids. They're not getting married. They're pursuing careers, which is, is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But at the same time, it's like this degradation of, uh, so then you just, you just want to be a mom and a housewife? Like, it's looked down upon. Yeah, it's the weird judgment or, like, it's if you choose not to do. That you're not doing something. But for right. sure that, that for, like, I, again, I have my own insecurities about it, but I'm definitely not alone in the fact that there is judgment that it's, because I know about myself, I can't do both. There's a lot of women that are career moms yeah. that do both and juggle that line. I will break. Because I can't handle the idea that it's like, yeah, well, I worked a nine to five today and I was a rock star, but like there's laundry line all over the house and we ordered takeout tonight. Like I can't live with that fact. And that's just on me. Yeah. A lot of women do, but women are fucking exhausted, man. And I think it is because of this world and these pressures that are put on us that have come with that what it means to be a woman now is evolving and like this, this, this breaking the glass ceiling of like being a career person. And that if you're not, then you're choosing to be inferior. And there's, there's a lot of psychology behind it. Yeah. It's like if you choose, if you choose to just to be a mom, then you're hurting the cause of breaking through these glass ceilings. Yes, there is, there is, but that's why it's like the pioneer woman is just, even though she came from this environment where like she, she went away to college. She was going to go to law school. All these things is when it came down to it, her just being a housewife until she had kids. And then when she became a mother, like that was enough. That was her job. And she did it beautifully. And it was never viewed as, again, this is from, we're not in her shoes. We're not in her life, right. but this is what she is portraying from, you know, a first person narrative of her situation certainly the thing i know that you've talked about a lot is like it 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 appeals from the book that she got support yeah right so familial support of like you're doing what you're supposed like you're doing what you're meant to do like you're doing a great job and that's where for you definitely there's pieces where it's like 
man, I wish like I had. Well, I, we got flack. I forgot. I, I, no, right. I forgot. We got flack. I felt for like the idea that we wanted to have more than two kids. That we wanted to have kids. That period. we wanted to have kids was just like, well, you know. Because you're young. You're young. Yeah. And, you know, they cost a lot. And then heaven forbid we had more than two because they just had two, right? So the fact that we would want to have more is yeah. ridiculous. And there's a lot of pressure for that. And it's also like, well, so I guess uh, dental hygiene school was a waste then, huh? It's like. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah, it definitely hits you on all those things. Because it's – I mean, I think that they appreciate the fact that I'm taking care of my sons. Mm -hmm. But it never was – like one of the things that I'm not going to regret is when we had Michael – because I missed his first steps, right? And that broke me and I'm like, I'm not doing that again. Right. So – we sacrificed and we were dirt freaking poor, but I stayed home with the kids mm-hmm. because I didn't want to miss those opportunities. But there's a lot that it's like, I wish that I would have been more relaxed about motherhood. It's why I want another baby so bad. It's like, God, I could do this. I could do this so much better. Sure. Because it's, I wish that we just would have had children that we weren't, we didn't feel the need to like, Guys, we want to have 4.2 children. Is it okay with everyone else in the family if we do this? And I'm going to stay home and John's going to work and we're going to be poor. But like we're going to like. You felt the need to do all these things. Yes, you did not. But I felt it because of the pressures that I experienced. And like, I'm so sorry that I know I went to school and I'm continuing to go to school and I'm in a lot of debt, but I'm not going to. I'm so sorry. Like it's. Yeah. I wish I envy her that it's just she was supported and her role was like defined and she rocked it because yeah. I want what she has. But for sure, having sons, reading her books, I feel I felt the overwhelming desire to be out on a farm already. Already, mm-hmm. but it's just the way she explains like having her girls first and then having her sons, mm-hmm. and she homeschooled, right? But it's like. She's like, you know, because her sons ended up going to public school and they had to play football. But it's like when they're little, she's like, there would have been no way. Just they are wild animals. Yeah. And instead of subduing them, like that's what I that's what I regret. And if I would have kept Jack home and the boys home, would he be happier? Not now, but like because he's been subdued and now we're having to break him of what he has learned. Right. So he's not depressed. Yeah. Because he's so overridden with anxiety now that he breaks down and it breaks my heart. Yeah. And I have a hard time not taking that upon me. Because for you, it's always like, God, Amy, this has nothing to do with you. Because it has nothing to do with you. And he's eight. And I know he's eight. But as a mother, it's the, I made a decision. Yeah. I understand. And my, I can see what my decisions are doing. And for you, it's always like, yeah, he's eight. Like, it'll be okay. Because there's time. And the reality is, is, is you, we all have to make decisions based off of what, what like life at that moment is giving us. And this is where you've been racked with guilt before of like decisions that we made because it's like, oh, I never should have gone to school or I never should have done this or we never should have done that. It's like, dude, we were making decisions with the information we had at the time. And that's what I, I really hope. And I may bite my tongue, but I really hope that when I become a grandma and my yeah. kids are old, that it's 
I will support instead of being like you're an idiot. You know, right. it's just you. You are dealing the decisions that are made are made with the best knowledge that you have at the time in which you are experiencing them. Yeah, and, and it's them. okay. Because mm-hmm. I, I do, I have, I have, I do have great parents, and there's a lot that I look up to them for, and I think that they've done very well. Yeah. And the same with your parents, but there are things that, and it's not just the parents. Like, I think it's the parents. I think it's societal norms. I think it's outside pressure on what it means to be a woman and a mom and now raising boys and how, and just the, the this, I get a lot of shit and I, you think I put a lot of it on myself, which I do, do, but for sure there are comments for sure. There is exterior force. Absolutely. That tells me. Fucking cut yourself some goddamn slack. Yeah. And that's what that's for me is that's where it comes down to where it's like you're making and this is where it's my mom is racked with guilt of like, oh, well, and your mom is racked with guilt over these things where it's like, oh, well, you guys do things differently. And I guess that's, you know, because we screwed things up and like we just didn't know and we did poorly. And it's like, dude, you were making decisions with what you had, the data that you had at the time, you were making decisions based off that data. If that data was bad, right? Cigarettes probably aren't great for weight loss. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were. They just also gave you cancer. Mm -hmm. Well, for fuck's sakes. Yeah. Nobody knew that. Yeah. So, so enough with feeling badly about it it's like it's oh well, we didn't know that doing this was going to cause problems and it's like well then we don't know that those things are going to do it so allow yourself to be able to cut yourself some slack so it's cut yourself some slack allow you allow yourself like give yourself some grace you have data can we that just you're start over with. can we go buy a ranch in oklahoma i'm not starting over with kids I just just one more. No more. Please. You're gonna have dogs and animals. But just Mm-mm. I would do get yourself it so a pig. You love the pig. The pig will love you. I do love pigs. You lot. do love pigs. No, it's it is it's that is where it's just give yourself that permission to be able to be like, I'm working, I'm doing the best that I can with what I have right now. And it just needs the overarching thing is just being supporting. You just needed support of who you were at those moments Mm -hmm. of someone that was just there to lift you up and be like, yes, I'm in your corner. And that is why for me, it's with Jack and your concerns and all these things. It's like it's we just are there to lift him up and support him and to keep him from harm. And the things that we're identifying now is these things that society is saying is normal is appearing to not be normal for us. It's yeah. being harmful for him. And so in order to be able to take care of our family and to do it in a way that we can and that's sustainable, that doesn't break everything down, that we are now working towards having a two-way go to where it's like if I, it's what our goals are. It's like if I don't want to have to be constantly working two different jobs and being split, then it's like we need to have a goal to get rid of one of those. And we've talked about that a lot on our podcast. And it's now for Jack, it's like it's a two-way go. If it's too destructive, then we need to be able to have an option that's available for him to get away. And I think careful – and I think that that's why I'm trying as a mom to be a presence of – because I feel like I'm a strong woman that, again, is like, yes, queen, 
you go girl, you can do it, where it's like uplifting women, whatever they want to do, whether that is to be a homemaker Mm -hmm. or be a freaking neurosurgeon, right? Whatever you want to do, rock it. But at the same time, helping my sons understand that they don't have to apologize for their their masculine tendencies, that they are boys and they're allowed to be rough and tumble. Mm-hmm. And that it's and, and 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 I'm trying to explain that too, which is just like if they can't fucking handle it, then that's their problem. Then just don't play with them. Exactly. And that's becoming my advice. But it's it's teaching them that it's you don't want to be like what Jordan Peter said. You don't want to be hurtful. You don't want to be. You don't want to be a cheater. You don't want to be a cheater. Do you don't want to. You don't want to do things unfairly. You don't want to be an asshat. You don't want to be condescending, but. The way that you are, like be a monster but learn to control it, is absolutely good advice. Because it's just don't change innately who you are inside to accommodate this metrosexual, pussified world that we live in. Mm -hmm. It's just be a dude. If that means yelling and grunting and weightlifting and hitting things and shooting things and whatever it means... Yeah. Jumping off of roofs with skateboards, like whatever crazy shit that is in the mind of a man that I don't fully understand, and that's in you, then be you. Yeah. Don't have it be hurtful to other people. Right. But it's this need now that because some dudes were asshats and hurt other people, that now being a man is a bad thing. Right. And that's that's where it's this fine line that I'm trying to work. But I hope that I'm a good influence of like because I try to do the things that they do. There are things that I don't like. I don't mm-hmm. like Nerf gun wars. I don't want to go paintballing. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But there are things where it's just if we're going on the roller coaster or the water slide or we're playing and we're wrestling that I try to participate too because it's a girl can do this. Don't yeah. think because I'm a girl I can't. Yeah. But in the same breath, don't change who you are to try to better accommodate what society tells you you're supposed to be. Yeah. Remind your kids that they're Superman. They don't have to just be Clark Kent. Yes. Thank you so much. Goodbye. You can find us on social media for at It's Possible Virtual Solutions. Find us on Instagram at, at It's Possible VS. That's V as in victory, S as in Sam, at It's Possible VS. You can also find us on Facebook at It's Possible Virtual Solutions. You can find John at on Instagram at jbanksfl. And you can find Amy on Instagram at amy.m.fairbanks. That's A-I-M-E-E dot M dot Fairbanks on Instagram. If you're interested in being able to uh, talk to us more about some different things that you have going on, you'd love to be able to get our input and be able to have us possibly come in and work with you and help you with the things that you have going on, shoot us an email at info at itspossiblevirtualsolutions.com. That's info at itspossiblevirtualsolutions.com.